0: This is Danny Jilkin, and you're listening to a Level Flight Podcast.
1: Welcome into episode 68 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor. Elliot is here with me today. Brian is still at the lake. If you joined us on Sunday, we previewed this game. The Jets just wrapped up a game against the Calgary Flames. They lost 6-3. And Brian, you know, we're on our reading week for school. He's taking some time off the lake. But we chatted with a bunch of people Sunday on our live stream. So go check that out if you haven't already. But Elliot, how are you doing on this Monday night?
0: Uh, we were at work listening to the game and, uh, after that first period, I thought it was going to be a little bit different than how it's ended up, but you know, the result was deserved. So, you know, there's not yeah, really so, much else you can say.
1: Yeah. Let, let's get into the game. And I want to start with the positives. Cause I feel like there are positives and there is a lot more negatives in the end. So we can spend more time on that after, but let's start with the positives. Sean Monahan. I mean, he picks up a natural hat trick in the first period. <laughs> um, the only three goals the Jets scored all night. Uh, so that was really impressive on his part. Um, two of them came on the power play. A power play. The power play is another positive, which is wild. The Jets' five-on-five five scoring is gone, but their power play is now on fire. They Just mm-hmm. within two games, that just flipped like that. Uh, unbelievable. Like their five-on-five five scoring was struggling before. I'm not saying that, but over the course of the season, Um, it's weird to see the jets thriving with the man advantage, but struggling to generate five on five right now, because it's been the opposite for the whole year. Um, but for me that those are the only two positives. I don't know if you had any others, um, everyone else, every other facet of the game. I didn't like on this night, like games like this are going to happen where you just get beat. Um, but Monahan and the power play, I think were great. I, I don't know what you think.
0: Uh, I think you can add in Connor Hellebuck to the two pl- to make it two players that. I
1: don't.
0: I, it, it's hard to say great. if Hellebuck plays. Yeah. bad yeah. It, it's it's hard, but it's also hard to blame him when he's getting. It look, this looked like vintage, like bad defensively Jets, where Connor Hellebuck gets left out the dry. If anybody else is in net, it probably ends up being you know ten three. Oh wait, that scoreline already happened today. So and we can get right. into that. We Talk can get into that later. Affair. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, it's hard to say anything else. I great. The power plays now kind of clicking. Like that's fantastic. But now your issue is the one thing that you've hung your hat on all season is just like gone in this game. Yeah. And this team doesn't this team doesn't have the offensive firepower to win a game seven six, right? Like you yeah. can't Agreed. They can't yeah. do that. You, they need to as much as they need to figure out their five-on-five five scoring. And yes, the power play is key. But this is a hockey team that is going to win games. Maybe the occasional four to three, right? Like exactly. you maybe get four goals out of them on a good night. But this is a team that's going to win games two to one, three to three, one. Like mm-hmm. you're not. If to put in another analogy to it, this is a. This would be a baseball team that has an unreal pitching staff, AKA Connor Hellebuck that wins games two to one. And you're going into the ninth inning going and you're biting your nails for the entire, for three outs, just trying to get out of the game. Right? Like that's what this team is. This is not a super offensive hockey team. This is a team that's going to rely on their five V five structure, how they are good defensively. They're going to hang their hat on not taking too many penalties and, you know, obviously the power play starts clicking great, but you need to get back to the five-on-five five thing because that's where you play most of the game and they need to be good at that. So yeah. I think other than and- the power play and Sean Monahan not I'm not going to say showing up, but finally the results are there that he is for somebody who just is a stats merchant and just looks at the stats. Mm-hmm. This is a game where you go, okay, he actually has proven some value. If you haven't been watching any of the games, this has just been validation for him that his hard work has finally paid off.
1: Yeah, he's been he's been working his butt off every game he's been here. Uh he finally gets rewarded on this night. And the power play and Monahan like the reason the power play for me is looking as good as as it is. I know it's easy to say cuz Monahan just had two goals, but him in the bumper spot is opening up a lot. Like Shayfle on the half wall, velardi below the goal line kind of moving it between those two and then moving it to the bumper to Monahan. You saw that goal in the Vancouver game. Um, and then tonight uh, kind of going for some deflections there. He jumped on a rebound. Kyle Connor had a one-timer where the puck was just sitting in the crease and he tapped it in um, like him in the bumper spot. He really is making the right reads. And I think the power play is just benefiting as a whole. They're not a top 10 unit. Like they're, they're doing really well right now, but I I, I think there's, Clear signs of improvement, which we haven't seen for the past like two months. The past two months have been stagnant. Now, Monaghan is involved. They're moving the puck around. They've got another option in the bumper spot. I think there's clear signs of improvement there. Positives are over. We're done (laughs) talking positively. Let's get to the negatives because there's so much here. Um, Again, I totally agree with you, like, 100%. This team is a defensive team. They win games 2-1, 3-2, and that's their bread and butter is playing low event hockey and relying on Connor Hellebuck and their defensive structure and things of that nature. And they just completely got away from that in this game. Rick bonus in the post game said it was as soft of a five on five game that they've played all season, which is a hundred percent true. Like they, we haven't seen the jets play this bad at five on five in a long time, uh, especially defensively, like offensively, they had some chances. Markstrom made some saves um, and I didn't hate how much they generated they should have generated a lot more in the third with a lot more urgency but what's more concerning to me is the defensive game they were just giving up odd man rushes grade a chances in the slot off the cycle off the rush it didn't matter they were giving up chances and uh you can't have that for the the 2023-24 20, winnipeg jets to your point they're not a team that's going to win 7-6 or a team that's going to win 2-1 so i 100 agree with that um and like I, I'm kind of just speaking. I'll let you talk on the the defensive thing before I get into anything else. But the Jets five-on-five defensive structure on this night—what did you think went wrong, really? Because it just didn't go well. I, I, I have
0: to—I have to say, I think it was a combination of a couple things. It's a combination of a couple players, and I think it was a combination of a couple decisions. And I'm not just talking about uh, Rick Bonus decisions to move players around, which he did in this game. I'm talking about players making decisions to either jump up in the rush or, you know, to go to try to play a puck here instead of waiting for it to come to them in certain spots. Like, it just felt like a lot of decisions where the Jets were, as players, trying to gamble on, you know trying to play the puck here, or, you know, I'm going to jump up in the rush, I'm going to jump up in the rush here, or or I'm going to try to take this away here and try to get an anticipation, and just everything just seemed to go wrong. And it's an NHL hockey team. This isn't, you know, minor hockey. This isn't the WHL where a lot of the times teams are going to, like, burn you for those mistakes. This is professional hockey. If you are going to make a mistake, you are going to pay. So if you're not prepared to... yeah, yeah. If you're not going to be prepared to, you know, pay for that mistake, then don't do it. Then you need to make sure that you are playing more defensively and trying to limit things. It felt like they were trying to open the game up too much. And this mm. team is not a, you know, running gun. You know, we're going to play. I know they like to play in transition, but they're not a team that's going to try to play with teams and try to keep up in transition.
1: I right. Think they almost. I I agree with that. This game did seem like a run and gun game. Like there was a lot of chances at both ends of the ice, which is the complete opposite from what we've seen from the jets this year. Usually it's kind of shut down at both ends of the ice. And then the jets will, you know, kind of get a a rush here and there, play in transition feed off of the opponents, turning the puck over. And that's how they'll get their chances. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was a run and gun game and that's just not how the jets play. Um, And you made a great point about like trying to make a play here, trying to pinch here and it it just broke down all around them. So many times this year when someone misses a pinch, usually the F3 is there and picks it up and like it's fine and it's still a 2-on-2 and no problems whatsoever. In this game it felt like when the Jets were missing pinches and they missed a lot of them, it just everything broke down and it was a 2-on-1. Or yeah on Calgary's I believe it was their fifth goal because yeah yes. it was their fifth goal because I was like that's the dagger they were in they were two on two it was Morrissey and Ealers, and the the Flames players kind of switched and they just didn't handle it well at all Morrissey was like two feet away from his guy Ehlers on the back which I put a blue sure line I'm doing. pretty sure like and then <laughs> they just fed it over one timer goal and it's like well you're in a good spot all year the jets on two on twos and things like that have played them generally well. And on this night, they just didn't. Um, And, and then a lot of the goals as well, just bad decisions with the puck. And it's, it's, those are things we saw early in the season. I don't know if you remember that the first like 10 games of the year, the biggest storyline around the jets was like puck management. And it was like, holy, holy crap. Nate Schmidt is turning the puck over like crazy right now. And the jets are, they're getting killed. That was like, The first 10 games of the season, that was the problem. It wasn't the power play. It was puck management. How are they going to manage the puck? It felt like a lot of that came back on this night, and uh, they just didn't manage the puck well. Defense off, Defensive offensively, doesn't matter. Um, And then you combine that with the mistimed pinches, like the Neil Pionk one on one of Calgary's goal, where he steps up to the blue line, completely misses, uh, and then the Flames have a three-on-two. Monaghan covers, but just barely misses the puck, and then the Flames score. Um, So it felt to me, it was puck management, which we've seen this year. We've seen at times, but mainly it was early in the year and it was just missed time pinches and the Jets inability to cover up for it, which I think is a bit of an anomaly. I mean, they've been good with pinches this year and, and being aggressive at the right time and then when they miss covering up for it. So I'm willing to kind of write that off. But the puck management is more concerning to me because we've seen that before and it's been a problem.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing to take away from this game is yes, these are negatives, but the Jets have been decently good about cleaning up defensive issues like this. So I don't think For this sure. is anything For to sure. panic about. I don't think you know this is something that we need to go oh my god sound the alarm you know panic panic pan pan panic right? I agree. They, play, yeah. they got they got Minnesota again tomorrow. Who is? Again, an opponent that you should beat. Because Calgary also is an opponent that you should beat. But the Jets should also have learned from their lesson to not play against their strengths. They were trying to play with house money after the Vancouver win. You know, you could say, oh, well, they're still a little hungover from a big win on the West Coast, right? Like, you could say that whole bit. But it had to do with their play style on this one. They went away from their play style. They played in a different one, and I don't think that that's Calgary's play style either. But they just benefited more yeah. from it in this game. They made like pay, for sure. It, they for made sure. them pay, and,
1: but and I I do think I do have time for a bit of a trap game narrative here. Like I I just a little bit. I know they're professionals, but like you come off that huge win on Saturday night, and then the very next night after this game, you're playing Minnesota a game that's been circled on your calendar for how long ever since that home and home, like I can kind of hear out a trap game uh, Mm -hmm. uh, scenario here, which I'm not excusing the way the jets played and saying, Oh, this was a trap game. Like nothing to worry about. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm worried about the puck management. I'll be watching for that going forward. I'm just saying if, if someone said that this was a bit of a trap game, I wouldn't call them crazy for it because, yeah, um, I, I kind of agree. I, I think they're, they're humans after all, right? Like you've got a massive game tomorrow night against arguably your biggest rival, um, at home. And, uh, we know how fired up the jets are going to be for that one. So I, I can kind of hear out the, the trap game narrative. I don't know if, if you how much time do you have for the trap game narrative? (laughs) I I have time for it because I understand it. You know, you
0: as someone who has played at no, obviously not a professional level, but you play at a high enough level. Coaches talk about it because it happens. I'm not going to go into the whole discourse because you're going (laughs) to sigh. And I know Brian always sighs when I go into specific discourses (laughs) about some stuff like that, but I get where they're they're coming from. You know, you circle a game and you go, that's a rivalry game or that's a big game. Mm. But you got to get through the other one first, yeah. And so if you put your eyes ahead to the first to the next one, that first one's gonna bite you in the butt every time, yeah. Almo- almost every time, unless you get lucky and you wake up and you go, "Oh, we're losing, and we need to like worry yeah. about this game first, right?" And I think yeah. I even was a little bit like, "Oh, you know, it's the Flames; they haven't been great this year. Like, we should get a win here, especially if we beat the Canucks." Yeah, you can't do that. Even even I learned my lesson today that you know what. I should know better and not do that, but and you know, the Canucks made us pay, right? They made the Jets pay tonight.
1: The Flames. Yes. But yes, the Flames. Everyone knows who you're talking about because the Canucks did not make the Jets pay. Um, but yes, I agree. For a good chunk of the game Uh, anyway. For a good yes, yes, agreed. And um, one thing I do want to say is like the five on five game wasn't there tonight. We we've said that. And Rick bonus in the post game basically said, yeah, we had a great first period. If you're on podcast, I'm using air quotes, but it was largely because of the power play. Like the power play had the two goals in the first Sean Monaghan had both of them. He had the third goal at five on five as well. Um, But outside of that, like they weren't playing great. Um, Cole Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers drew the penalties to put them on the power play. You'd like to see that from the second line. And then Monaghan obviously scored all three. But the five-on-five game from start to finish just wasn't really there. So the trap game thing, um, you can say like, oh well, a trap game like a team won't jump out to a three-one lead in a trap game. Like they'll come out flat. And I'm like, well, my argument to that would be like, well, I think the Jets did come out flat, and they just kind of played well on the power play. Like their power play scored two goals, and it looked like they were playing great after one because they're up three-one. But at five-on-five, I don't think they ever had control of this game. uh, They were awake
0: in moments that they quote-unquote needed to be right they yeah. were they were awake on the power play and for like one shift where obviously my hands were the five and five goal they were awake kind of yeah
1: yeah and they yeah it it, it is what it is this game's gonna happen i'm really excited to see the response tomorrow night um real quickly we've spent a lot of time on this so uh, i i don't even know like we we'll just do like quick hits because this can be a part of a longer episode maybe um, coming up here when we have Brian back on the potter, maybe our Sunday live stream coming up this Sunday, but the in-game line decisions, um, I'm pretty sure I, I think you'd agree. Neil Pionk had a rough game and he just started the third period, got promoted to play with Josh Morrissey, which I just find that I find that backwards and maybe they're just trying to get him going, playing with the best defenseman on the team, undoubtedly, which if that's the argument, sure. Um, Rick bonus wasn't asked about it in the post game, was. Um, maybe wasn't. if it, well, if, if the, if these pairings, you know, stay on Tuesday night, maybe I, I, I do I think they all go right back to what they were. Um, but the in-game lineup decisions, I mean, they didn't make any changes up front, nor I think should they, I think like whatever, like they'll play Tuesday night. I, we've been very vocal. We think they should go back to Eilers Shifley Velarde. I'd like to see that line anytime now, especially with the five on five struggles, um, but I think their struggles go a lot deeper than that. Their top six hasn't been great outside of Sean Monaghan. You need more out of every single guy in that top six. Um, the third line has been really good for the past couple of games now, but in the top six, like Monaghan's playing great. Everyone else you can need more from. And I'm looking at Kyle Connor. I, I'm, he. He scored the goal. Uh, or he scored two goals since coming back and he got the two primary assists against Vancouver. So there's been flashes of good moments. Um, he got an assist on the Monaghan goal because he had the one-timer and Monaghan tapped it in. There have been flashes, but at five on five, he's just not generating enough. Um, the puck management issues, he isn't usually as bad as uh, at turning the puck over in bad spots as say like a Nikolai Ehlers, who maybe tries something too flashy and turns it over. Um, but sometimes when it really works, it really works for Ehlers, right? So you're willing to take that risk. For Kyle Connor, it just seems like he's been a little sloppy in the neutral zone, um, not generating enough at 5-on-5. Five five. Shifley and Velarde seem great to me in the offensive zone. Kyle Connor just kind of seems there. I don't know if you agree with me or if I'm way off here. No, I 100% agree. There was a moment in the Vancouver game um,
0: that, and I know we can go away from this right away, but... I know Kyle Connor doesn't play against the boards, but there was a distinct play in the Vancouver game. I can't remember. Someone may remind, remember, and say something about it uh, in the comments or to this episode. But there was a distinct moment where the puck went along the boards, and Kyle Connor would have won the battle to the puck, like the race to the puck. But another player came, and he literally backed off and put his gloves and his hands in the air and started backing up. Like I'm not kidding. That is yeah. the word. Like, I know you don't want to play against the boards, but that is fear. You cannot
1: play with And fear. then you have the, the Tyler Myers goal where Kyle yeah. Connor. we talked about that on Sunday's episode. We talked more about the Vancouver game on that. So go check that out if you want our thoughts on that game. But you just can't have that effort when a guy's yeah. walking into the slot like that and he's your guy. Like, he just took the puck off of you. It was a bad pass from villardi I'm not excusing that, but he fades away from the puck. Meyer steps in and he's right there with him. You gotta you gotta stay with him. You gotta stay with him on that play. And he at least he hasn't it been tough. great. And then in the third period, he turned it on two primary assists. Great, like all-world stuff in open space, perfect passes to both Vallardi and Shifley. That's what we want to see. Um, and they need more offense at 515 in the top six in general. He needs to be um, a point machine, like he he, he literally needs
0: to be- churning out points for him to be any sort of useful to this lineup because if and, he is not churning out points in offense, I am sorry. He is no, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to finish that sentence because it's what
1: I was going to say was egregious. But, he's if he, if he's not scoring, he's, he's like, he's beginning paid to score. He's one of the top scores on the team. Um And he's on the top line. And he, from what we've seen, he's going to be on the top line. So they need to produce and that we'll leave it at that. Um, What else? Let's take a break and let's preview this wild game. I think that's all we needed to say about the flames game. Um, There were positives. We started off with that kind of got more into the negatives there, but the jets end up losing six, three let's hear from DraftKings, our sponsor, and we will be right back with a short little preview on the game against the Minnesota wild, uh, which will take place tonight. When you are hearing this,
2: we know hockey games move fast. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine quadruple seven or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we're back on episode 68 of the Love of Flight podcast. Thank you once again to
1: DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. And virtual Elliot- Brian. We- <laughs> and And virtual Brian. Yes, Brian uh at the lake but he did share some of his thoughts in the telegram chat just before we quickly get into the wild in our telegram chat sorry i said the telegram chat like everyone knows what that is anyways um brian was you know he he agrees with us he'd like to see ehlers shifley Velardi, and then the second line being connor monahan perfetti he thinks that would really be a fit um he didn't like how called kyle connor's puck management was on this night um And let let me read his his message here. He wanted me to read this. I still think the best thing, ultimately, is to reunite Ehlers, Scheifele, and Villardi. But I am legitimately worried that there is substance to the whole, quote, Connor cannot play away from the first line thing. I know Ehlers has been struggling, but aside from one game, the top line hasn't been reliable, and we had a good thing going with that old combo. Those are his thoughts on how the top six should be kind of configured. And uh, yeah, Kyle Connor has been on the first line every time he's been in the lineup. So... I don't know if we'll see Ilya Shifley-Vilardi anytime soon, but hopefully they do because that line was dominant in December and I'd like to see them get back at it. Let's get into this Minnesota Wild game. Mm -hmm. Like we said, trap game maybe, last game for Winnipeg because of this one. Um, You've had it circled. The Ryan Hartman-Cole Perfetti thing. It's been a big story. Bitter rivals. Uh, The Wild just put up 10 goals in the Vancouver Canucks today. They won 10-7. Seven. Seven in the third period? Seven goals like, in the third period? Yeah, unbelievable. What what are your kind of expectations and what excites you the most about this game that's going to be going on tonight? So I think
0: the biggest thing that everyone's going to talk about is, you know, the fake
1: over-under of how many players get hurt in this game. Um, get hurt? I, I thought you were going to say how many, like, controversial plays. I think yeah, controversial plays. Over-under. That's
0: probably the better over-under.
1: But I, I'd say you, one and a half. One and a half have for over controversial under plays. Controversial? So yeah, in in their home and home, there was two across two games. It was the Dylan Kaprizov thing, and then in the uh, in the wild in, in Minnesota, it was the Hartman Perfetti thing. So there was two controversial plays across two games. So, I mean, I guess yeah, double. It do up. I think I think there's definitely going to be one. Like I don't know, man. It's going to be something
0: stupid. I. You already know they're gonna start the game with a fight. This in is gonna. Minnesota? Oh, I, I think, I think they're gonna do the exact same thing they did in Minnesota in the home to home. I really do. I, I, I and disagree. I hate that, but I just
1: think that that's gonna, what's gonna happen. I, I don't, I don't want them to, but I disagree. I don't think they start with a fight. I, I don't think so. I think they started with a fight last time because of the Dylan Kaprizov thing. Then they played the next day. Like I think that's that's kind of why that happened. Like playing. Months later, um and then fighting about something—I don't know. I—I I can't see it.
0: People still I, talk I, about the whole Ryan Hartman comments to Cole oh, Perfetti. So totally, I—you I, yeah. never know. That's what I'm trying to say. You never know. We don't know if the, these guys are going at it. Pre- guys text each other all the time. You have no idea if there's still beef behind the scenes that hasn't been, you yeah. know, put out there. You don't know if. Cole was texting Ryan or whatever, and somebody said something else. And now me. everybody's hey, you never know, man. You, you oh, never know. Well, no,
1: I, I don't doubt it. And I don't doubt that like things travel and in, in NHL dressing rooms and guys tell each other things. And I don't doubt that the Jets are going to be incredibly motivated for this game. And there's going to be hope so. Like, we, we just saw the Jets win a chippy playoff style game on Saturday against the Canucks. This is gonna be another one. Before we even watch it, I I know for a fact these two teams hate each other. It's gonna be a playoff style. I know Minnesota's not in a playoff spot, so it's harder to give substance to that like kind of phrase that it's gonna be a but playoff like style. But they don't like each other, and uh, and their games are always close. These games are always yeah. close. Like they 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 just are. Like the last time the Jets played the Wild, Dominic Toninato got the game winner, and they yeah. won three two. Like that's just the kind of <laughs> games that they play. Like. Alexia follows is gonna score with two minutes left to give the Jets a two-one lead, and that, like that's just it's gonna be chippy throughout. Like this is just what Jets Wild is, and I, I'm so fired up. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm hoping they do come out for this one with some energy because they should. If they don't, I think that's a little bit of a, you know, I think that's a little bit of a concern. But hopefully they are up and ready. They'll obviously be traveling home tonight. And then they get a good sleep and they're ready to go for tomorrow. Cause yeah, it, it should
1: be a good tilt. And the wild, like we said, also playing the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, they be the Canucks 10-7. So um, this will be fun. This will be a fun one. Uh, that's gonna do it from us for episode sixty-eight of the level flight podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thanks to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Like I said. If you haven't already, check out our Sunday live stream. A lot of people enjoyed it. There were a lot of people in chat interacting with us. We really appreciate people who came out. We're commenting. We can't wait to do it again this Sunday. That was a ton of fun. Um, But in the meantime, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, I believe Brian will be on that episode, if I'm not mistaken. I would hope so. I think he's coming back tomorrow night, uh, which would be Tuesday night. And then we record Wednesday. We'll have our thoughts on the wild game. uh, If there are line changes, things of that nature. Lauren Brassois, I would assume, would get the start. So we'll see. Um, and yeah, I, I'm super excited for that game, but th- let's let's get out of here. Uh, episode 68. See you guys Thursday and Sunday for the second edition of LFP Live.
2: Um, thanks everyone for checking it out and we will see you Thursday. See y'all. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.